0: Well, good morning and welcome to The Gathering Church. My name is John Mark Redwine. I'm the lead pastor, and it's good to have you with us here today. I feel like this has been a good morning so far. The Spirit's been moving. Worship was awesome today. But i got to let you know, we got a little bit of a rough start today. The devil got up early this morning, but he didn't know our God doesn't sleep, so he didn't get the the jump on him. But let me tell you a little bit about our, our morning today. So, Robert Knight, if you guys don't know... Uh, April night has an incredible ministry called well-crafted retreats and they put on just the best women's treats in the nation uh, women's wow. retreats in the nation it's incredible and yesterday they had a one-day event listen ladies if you if you have not been to one of these things yet you've got to look for their next one day be watching the calendar or for draw near in the fall and get on board with that it'll rest your soul and fill you up and just inspire you. You got to go. But last night, Robert Knight got home at about 12.30 midnight, uh, half past midnight from helping run that that ministry yesterday. He uh, got to bed around 1.30 a.m. He was at our office this morning just before 6 a.m. while most of us were still in bed to start getting ready to set up. Our church and everything, and he opened up the door, or he came up to the door, and water was cascading out from the bottom of the door. Opened up the door to our office, and it was as though a monsoon had struck the inside, water coming down, in waterfalls from all over, the roof collapsed, everything in our office, all the equipment, Sunday morning stuff, files. Paperwork, computers, electronic equipment, furniture, everything destroyed. And Robert Knight is, I would say, the most emotional amongst our staff. And he had to be the guy with no sleep to walk in and see this and have to call us and tell us what was going on. And so we were a little bit discouraged by it. We got in this morning and none of the technology was working. Everything was was wonky in first service. We couldn't get the lyrics up and then we couldn't get the monitor up. So I didn't know anything because my notes are normal. It's a a spoiler alert. I don't memorize as much as you think I do. It's all just right here in front of me on a TV. And so we didn't have any of that going on, and and it's just been a more. And then on top of that, the strangest weather system has just come upon us with 100 mile an hour winds, and it was 45 when I woke up, and it's 25 now and uh and so it's just been one of those days but we're in church we're here to worship it doesn't matter if any of the technology works it doesn't matter what's going on in the office it doesn't matter what what we what we see when we come in because the king's on the throne we're here to worship him this morning we're here to give him our praise we're here to give him the first of our week and the devil can't stop it so it don't matter, so we're just giving God the glory today, and uh, and we're just looking forward to what He's going to do next. It's week two of 21 days of prayer and fasting, and the enemy's getting worried, because God's got breakthroughs in mind. I've just been enjoying this season of prayer. If you're new to our church today, uh, we, we are in the middle of a season of prayer and fasting. We, we believe. There's power in giving God the first of everything, including the first of our year. I believe God's got big things He wants to do in my life, in the lives of this church, through our church, in our church this year. But I know that it doesn't happen by my power or by my strength. I need help. Uh, and we need help. We, we believe God's got freedom for us and, and breakthroughs and fresh vision and all of it. But we know it comes from Him. And so we're pursuing Him for a season. We're fasting so that we can say no to the physical and yes to the spiritual to get this year started off right. To teach ourselves discipline over the physical so that we can focus on the spiritual. And so uh, it, it, it's a great season. 21 Days of Prayer is my, one of, always my favorite season at this church. We did it last year and it was life-changing. We're doing it this year. It's already been life-changing. We had our first Saturday morning prayer service so during this time uh, we're having Saturday morning prayer services where we're just coming together to pray and we did one yesterday morning and I was just talking to a couple after service first service and they told me I told them I said listen when you give God the first of something he will bless the rest. And so we came out yesterday and just joined together as a body of believers and prayed and gave God the first of that Saturday. And I just said, you just need to know the weather's not going to be good, but you're about to have a great Saturday because God's going to bless it. And they just said, Pastor, you need to know that I just had the best Saturday I've had in a very long time. I've never felt rest like that. Rayel and I were just saying last night that we can't believe how much rest we felt yesterday on Saturday despite being trapped inside with two kids under four. But I'm just telling you, God's blessing this season. And so keep pressing in. If you're fasting and it's been hard and you're grumpy and you got headaches and you miss it, whatever it is, keep pressing in. You're doing great. God's going to honor it. He's going to keep building you up. He's going he's gonna to make His name better and better and better in your heart. There's going to be less of you, more of Him, and that's what it's all about. And so uh, we're enjoying this season. Well, let me get into it. Today is week three of our series Uphill Habits, Uphill Habits. Uh, in the beginning of the year, for most of us, for many of us, uh, is a time where we try to strip away some of the things we didn't like about last year so that we can focus on doing them better for the new year. Um, I want to tell you that I've run out of gas seven times in my life, seven seven times in my life, and every time it's the same story. Uh, I I see the needle hit the E, and I know what that means. I understand how a car works. I know the E means there's not much gas left, but in my heart, I I just don't want to stop for gas because it takes time and energy. Sometimes I get gas on my hands. I don't like it. It's a hassle. I don't want to do it, and so I'm just, in my heart, I just believe that my car can do it. I'm like, this car runs on encouragement. You got this, Ford. You can do it. I believe in you. And I just, I, just, I just keep thinking if I keep driving, the car will keep going. But what happens is every single time, the car just stops. You see, the problem is I have these uphill hopes, but these downhill habits in that I hope I'm going downhill when my habits lead my car to run out of gas. I wish that this will happen, but my behavior and my actions and everything that I'm putting into it is producing the results I'm getting. You see, we don't get what we hope for, we get what we work for. And so this year, we're committing to building some habits that are going to get us in a better place in 2019. We believe God's got a bigger dream for us this year, but to get there, we're going to have to develop some uphill habits. So today... We're in habit number three, and that is this. Keep my life aligned with my purpose. Keep my life aligned with my purpose. We've been talking about habits and outcomes throughout this series, and one word keeps coming up, intentional. Intentional, because most of the things that we're working towards are only going to become a habit if we are intentional about it. If we are making them happen by building discipline around habits, we're purposeful, we're intentionally going the direction that we want to go. You see, you have a purpose, but you will only stay in that purpose if you are being intentional about keeping your life aligned in that purpose. So today, I want us to set a habit to make an intentional decision to keep my life aligned with my purpose we're going to start saying no to some of the wrong things so that we can say yes to the right things i'm going to make this a habit in my life because i have a purpose see you were created with a purpose in mind god's got a dream for you the gifts that he gave you the passions that he gave you the things that you're good at all of them whether it's natural or supernatural these things are inside of you because your creator had a plan in mind He has a dream for your life. It says in Psalm chapter 139, verse 16, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Your eyes saw my unformed body and every single day was already written down. Maybe you're thinking, I've already filled that book up with too many mistakes. But you need to know today that God's got a lot of blank pages left. You see, He has a plan in store for us. A dream in mind is bigger than anything that we can dream about. And our only mission in life is to serve Him and glorify Him and pursue the purpose that He created us to do it through. We have a purpose. We have a purpose. We're going to align our lives with our purpose because there is competition for my time and attention. Show me your calendar and I'll show you what takes greatest priority in your life. There is a lot in competition for our time and attention. Meetings, dinners with friends, sports, kids, hobbies, our business dreams. All of them pressing in on this one thing that is so valuable to us. Our time. If we're not intentional about what gets our time, we will lose what we have. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 6 says, Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. See, it's better to have less of the right things than more of the wrong things. We're going to align our lives with our purpose because time is short. Time is short. I don't mean to be a downer on your Sunday morning, but your time on earth is limited. See, every single one of us in this room has got an end date. We're all going to die. That's just the nicest way to say it, isn't it? Even if you're a vegan, it's going to (laughs) happen. Just without the glorious taste of steak in your mouth. I, I apologized in my head for it before I finished saying the sentence. I'm sorry. It's a great life choice. Listen, every single one of us, every single one of us has to face the reality that our lives are short, that, that life is short and eternity is long. And what we do here in this time has an eternal impact. And we, uh, we have to make a decision now about how we're going to spend the precious little time that we have. James chapter 4, 13 through 15 says, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. You see, our lives here are just so short. Blink and a decade goes by. This past week on Facebook, there's been this trend and Instagram to show pictures between 2009 and 2019. I have a couple for you this morning, I think. Do I? I didn't do it in the first service Maybe not, I never actually sent them in, and so it was just up to whether or not Robert grabbed them or not, and, uh, and that's on me. Um, but any, it just says Facebook photos down here, but that was on me. There's been, I was going to show you a picture of me with shoulder length blonde hair and a goatee standing on a surfboard on top of a car in cargo shorts. I'm just saying, a decade can really change you. <laughs> Time goes by so quickly, we've all been, been forced to look at it. If you've been on social media this past week. And the time that we have here on this, on this earth, we've got to make it matter by serving in our purpose. The Bible shows us a lot of people who got it right and a lot of people who got it wrong. There are portraits of purpose scattered throughout the pages of the Bible, many of them showing us the way to pursue purpose that will matter, but some of them, in fact a lot of them, throughout the Bible that show us what happens when we miss it. King Solomon was the third king of Israel. He was the son of David and Bathsheba, David of David and Goliath fame. And Solomon had a purpose, a big one. He was to be the king of God's people, to lead them in constant pursuit of being close to God, of putting God first, of of not serving the other gods or or rulers of the world, but of keeping them as a, a people set apart For the one who made them. That was Solomon's purpose, to lead in that way. Solomon had another purpose. He was going to be the one to build the temple of God. God gave him a mission and a vision and said, I want you to build the brick and mortar place where my presence will dwell. It was a very, very high honor and a big deal. In fact, even King David didn't get the honor. David got the vision, but Solomon got to carry it out. Solomon had a huge purpose ahead of him, a big dream that God had for his life. In fact, Solomon was given a gift to help him accomplish that purpose. Just like all of us have gifts that will serve the purpose God has in mind for us. Solomon's gift was wisdom. The Bible says that he was the wisest man who had ever lived, that God gave him so much supernatural wisdom that he surpassed every other king who had ever ruled. And God gave him that gift To serve the purpose God had in mind. But that gift became Solomon's idol. See, for many of us, that happens as well. We've got gifts of ambition and leadership that God put in us to serve. To serve the church. To serve the people of God. To bring uh, the knowledge of the gospel to the people around us. But our ambition becomes our idol. Our our position becomes our idol. And it derails us from the dream God has for us. That's what happened to Solomon. He did everything he could to pursue wisdom out of curiosity. He wanted to gain more and more and more, and it became a God to him. In fact, Solomon went so far outside of his purpose that he didn't, the only thing that he was able to accomplish in that purpose was to build the temple. But God had so much more for him. Solomon wrote a book called Ecclesiastes. If you're reading through the Bible this year and you've never done it before, When you get to Ecclesiastes, you might wonder, what in the world is happening here? Why is a book of the Bible constantly telling me that everything is meaningless? You need to know that this is the book that Solomon sat down and wrote after he spent his life pursuing something that wasn't his purpose. That this was his manifesto. These were his conclusions. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter two with me. It says, I said to myself, come now and I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good, but that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is madness, and what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly, my mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their lives. He says right there what this whole book is about. The whole book is about him trying to figure out what's good. Him trying to find meaning and satisfaction and purpose and joy in everything the world has to offer. See, we just do this so often. We spend our lives trying to fill up gaps and holes we feel in our spirit. We spend our lives trying to pursue whatever the world says is good to find out if it really is good, to see if it really does fill us up the way the world says it is. Solomon looked in work. He said, I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself. I planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. That's a negative mark on you, Solomon. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself. See, he looked in money and finances. I had the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers and a harem as well. Solomon, it said, had over 6,000 wives and, and concubines. That's a lot. And Solomon just kept trying to fill this need he had for relationship inside of him that was put there for a relationship with God. But Solomon just kept trying to fill that hole. One time somebody asked me, Pastor, you know, wh- why did Solomon have so many wives? Why did he have thousands of wives. And I said, well, it was just in the hopes that when he came home from work, one of them would be in a good mood. And so I'm really sorry. I'm going to go home with one of you guys today after that one. (laughs) That's the second service. I should have stopped after the first. All right. It's just a joke. It's just a joke. Rail's always in a good mood when I get home. If there's a problem, it's with me, always. I became greater (laughs) by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. And in all of this, my wisdom stayed with me. And I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor. And this was the reward for my toil. Yet, when I surveyed all that my hands had done, and what I had toiled to achieve, Everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind, and nothing was gained under the sun. And yet, since Solomon wrote this book, millions and millions of people have pursued the same path only to reach the same conclusions. See, no matter what we do, everything that we try to fill up the gaps in our soul with that aren't put there, that don't come from God, everything in this world that we try to fill it with, whether it's relationships or position or our job or, or money or, or just people or whatever it is, whatever you try to put in that place, it's only going to leave you feeling this way at the end of the day. Everything is meaningless. Toil. It, it doesn't count. It didn't matter. I don't matter. The only thing that is going to give you the satisfaction that you long for, the meaning that you were made to experience, is the purpose that God dreamed for you and created you for before you were formed in the womb. We've got to align our lives with our purpose because it's the only thing that matters. Because it's what we were made to do and it's the only place we find the satisfaction that we were created to experience and we spend our entire lives pursuing. We're going to align our lives with our purpose. So if we make a commitment to pursue that habit this year, here's how we master it. First is this. Decide what's important. Here's another joke to get me in trouble. I heard a story about a guy. He was at the Super Bowl, and there was a uh, Super Bowl's coming up in a couple of weeks. It's going to be a, a great game, the, the Chiefs and the, uh, and the New Orleans Saints. That's my prediction. Sorry, Will. I'm just saying. All right. So that's what I believe is going to happen. But anyway, Super Bowl's coming up in a couple of weeks, and this guy, he was at the Super Bowl, and right next to him was an empty seat. These seats cost thousands of dollars. The Super Bowl always sells out. So the guy seated just on the other side of him leaned over and said, "Hey, man, is this empty seat belong to you, or did they just not sell the ticket? What happened?" And the guy that was sitting there he said, "Well, that 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 seat belonged. It belonged to me, and uh, and it and it and it it was for my wife, and she just she's she's not here because she passed on this year." And and uh, and the guy sitting over there next to him said, "Oh man, I'm so sorry to hear that. But why why didn't you try to give the ticket away, or?" Or sell it. Surely you had some friends or some family that could have come with you. I mean, I think it's special that you're honoring that, but, but it sure seems like a lot of money that's, that's gone. And, and the first guy said, well, I tried giving it to all my friends and family, but they're at the funeral right now. And so they couldn't. <laughs> we got to decide what's important. And a lot of times we decide what's important, but we pick the wrong things. And we think that we're pursuing the thing that matters the most, and will fill us up the most, and will give us the most joy, but in reality, it's going to leave you feeling empty and alone at the end of the day. It's time to decide what's really important. It's time to narrow down what serves God, our purpose, and our family, and what does not. If you haven't been through Growth Track yet, listen, this is just our, our way. We want to serve you in walking down this path to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. As as the church, this is what we want to do with you. And our growth track is our way to give you just a taste of the purpose that God gave you. We want to introduce you to the idea. We want to show you how your natural gifts and your spiritual gifts come together to show you what you were made for. See, we believe your design reveals your destiny. That what you were made to do has been in you since the day you were created. We want to partner with you to discover that purpose. And once you've discovered it, so maybe you're here, you've already been through growth track, and or maybe you came to us, and you already knew, and you've discovered your purpose, and you know what it is. Once you've discovered your purpose... It's time to take inventory of each area of your life and decide what is the most important. What areas feed that purpose and what areas don't? What takes from your time and attention and has nothing to do with why you're here on this earth? It might be time to make some changes both major and minor. Paul spent his early life as a respected religious leader. He came from a wealthy family, he had position and prominence, and he was going places. But he was called to a greater purpose. And that purpose constantly involved being placed in prison, having his life threatened, and moving from place to place while barely scraping by as a tent maker for work. But since his life was aligned with his purpose, and he knew what was most important to him, He still found joy in all of it. You finding your purpose and following in a relationship with Jesus doesn't mean life's going to be easy. But it does mean you can still find joy in it. There's this passage Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 8 that I love because I know who wrote it. Paul says, whatever was to my profit, he was very wealthy. He says, whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What's more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness. Everything else fell away. This surpassed all of it. It was the most important thing, surpassing greatness, by miles it was ahead. To the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. You see, Paul got it. He understood that nothing was more important to him than his relationship with Jesus and doing the thing that Jesus called him to do. Even when Paul's life was on the table, when they were threatening to take it all away, they couldn't do anything to him because he was so fixated in his purpose. They would say, Paul, we're going to throw you in prison. And he would say, that's great, actually. I've been working on Ephesians. I'm not quite done yet. That'll give me some time to focus. They'd say, Paul, we're going to chain you to a guard. And Paul would say, does he know Jesus yet? Because this could be a great opportunity. They'd say, Paul, we're going to chop your head off. Paul would say, that's awesome. Because for me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. I can't decide which one is better. You'd solve a big old problem for me. They couldn't do anything to him. Because he was fixated on his purpose, and he knew what was the most important thing. We've got to decide what's important. And once we do, we need to give calendar time to the important things. Give calendar time to the important things. Here's how we lose the things that get in our way. We remove them from our calendar. This little book right here, this is my actual calendar. I use a paper one still. I've got an iPhone, okay, I still use that, but... This helps me organize a little bit better. And, I, and I, I talked in the first week about how we sit down, uh, in the first week of this series, about how we sit down and give God the first of our month by making sure that we're making all of this obey Him, that we're putting intentional time in this calendar for Him. Let me reiterate that, because this little book matters to me because it represents my time. And my time is one of the most valuable things I have to offer, because here's the deal. If I don't manage this book well, its pages will fill up with things that just don't matter. Psalm 90 verse 12 says, "Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are and help us to spend them as we should." So we've got to learn that our time since our time is short, we need to manage it well. Time is not a renewable resource. It's going And if if we aren't intentional and careful about how we spend it, it is so easily wasted. So it's time to call on our Creator to help us manage this resource. Now let me clarify something. I don't necessarily mean to leave here and quit your job and expect God to just provide money for you because you're giving your time freely to the things that clearly align with your purpose. Paul still had to make tents. He still had to work. He had to do a job. Now, for some of you, maybe God is calling calling you to pursue a career line that is more in line with your purpose. If that's you, make a strategy, pray, and fast, make a plan, and then do it. I did it, and I've never regretted it for one day. But I will tell you that for most of us, we can pursue our purpose right where we're at. We just have to be more intentional about it. Make sure that when you plan your calendar, you're giving time every week to the things that matter most and that clearly align with your purpose. So outside of all of that, so here's the biggest things to think about when you're looking at your calendar to stay aligned with your purpose. First, make time for renewal. Without renewal, you will get tired and you will get worn out and it will be hard to keep pursuing your purpose. You were created to Sabbath. I'm just saying, it, it's a sin not to Sabbath. We, we often write off some of the things in the Old Testament, but I believe the Ten Commandments still stand pretty strong. I still think it's a sin to murder. I still think it's a sin not to Sabbath. We, we, we've got to get better about spending time intentionally renewing our spirit. This means take time to rest in your calendar. A complete whole day. Give God the first of your week and He will bless the rest. Sabbath has got to be purposeful and intentional. It's about rest and restoration and it should revolve around worship. Worship with your family of believers at church. Worship through serving at church. And then worship how you, however you rest the best. Whatever that means for you, but do it in a spirit of worship. I'm resting in the work God's accomplished through my purpose this week and trusting he's going to do even more next week. Maybe you're like me. I'm kind of a couch potato sometimes. Every couch I've ever owned has had a John Mark shaped imprint in it somewhere. Raelle hates sitting on the couch in our house because she sinks into the John Mark hole and she doesn't like that. I also like to go outside and, and, and be just, just, just out with my kids playing in the woods or, or at a park or something like that and that's restful to me. And so however we structure our Sabbath, we make sure it includes one of those things and we worship in it. We do it in a way that we're honoring God for what He's done. That's Sabbath. Maybe it's a, a card game around the table with people you love. Maybe it's cooking a big Sunday supper and praising God for the resources to do it. I'm just saying you need a Sabbath. And then we need to make time for renewal every single day in Scripture reading and prayer. If you can only do one thing out of this habit series, just make a daily habit of reading Scripture and prayer. A daily habit. One of the things that I'm working on for 2019, one of my goals for growth in 2019 is I've been... Pretty. I, I've always done about a five-day scripture reading plan. Five days a week, I read scripture. And then on the weekends, you know, it's kind of in the wind. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. And I was challenged by a pastor that I know who for the last eight years has never missed a single day in his Bible reading plan. And I just challenged me. And I want you to know I can feel it when I'm with him. I can tell that, that this has been such a priority for him that every day for the last eight years, he's given God the opportunity to speak to him. And I want that for me. I want to feel that in my life. I want God's presence that strong in my heart. And I don't want it for anybody else. I want it for me. And I feel like that's what God's dreams are for me. And so I'm pursuing that. And I'm making sure that I create time for that. Maybe for you, you've never had a a prayer and scripture habit, And you're just going to celebrate getting it done. You're going to celebrate if it's only five minutes, five minute increments, 15 minutes a day, five minutes scripture, five minutes prayer, five minutes of worship. You're going to celebrate that you're doing something new. Make a daily time... For renewal because you need the true source of life and that comes from scripture and prayer and being in relationship with Jesus uh, the second thing is make time for relationships make time for relationships give calendar time to the relationships that are going to shape you and help you find freedom Give calendar time to your spouse if you're married, a regular date night, a working date to discuss your calendar and evaluate your relationship constantly. Um, I even calendar nights of the week to talk to my wife when the kids go to bed so that my couch potato habits don't get in the way. She's in the calendar. I know that I'm at least going to make sure I'm intentional during this space to communicate eye to eye with my wife you got to prioritize relationships in the calendar. Prioritize the relationships that are helping you find freedom. That means lead or join a life group. It might be time to lead a life group. Maybe God's calling you up. Maybe that's a part of your purpose to step into it. Maybe it's just time to join one and commit to it and prioritize it. Move your schedule for it. I have a small life group that meets year long. So I always lead a life group every semester, but I also have one uh, that's, that's, that's not on a calendar schedule. Here's our hope for you with life groups. Life groups are a great environment for you to start building the kind of community that you were created to live in. It's a stepping off point. See, I just don't think that our semester driven life groups are the only community you need. Our hope is that you'll be able to take it deeper from that space that's what I've done. I've had guys in my life groups that I've really connected with, just three of them. And we just love hanging out together. And so every other week, we just make it a commitment to come together and encourage one another and pray for one another. And sometimes just to goof off together because it's what we need. And I've got a guy in that group who's a medical professional with an on-call schedule. So when I invited him to join the group, I just thought, I know you can't, you're you going to another life group. I know you can't commit to this. This is going to be hard for you. So come when you can. But this guy moves his on-call schedule around so that he can prioritize this relationship. We've been meeting for six months. He's only missed it once. And I'm just telling you, you've got time for what you prioritize. Prioritize relationships. We need them. We need people to spur us on, to move us forward, to move us closer to Jesus. Rayel and I typically put room in our calendar to spend two nights of our week developing relationships. One night for life group and then one night where we'll have a couple over for dinner that we want to build relationships with. We do it every week. That's our rhythm. Find one that works for you and prioritize it. And then lastly on your calendar, make time to serve. Your purpose, whatever it is, is for this. It's to glorify God and serve people. You were created to serve, and your purpose will serve others. So make time on your calendar to serve others. Serve others. Do it. Find time to do it on Sundays on the Dream Team. Yeah, I believe that the local church is the hope of the world, that it was Jesus' idea to change the world with His message and His truth. And the most important thing that I think we can use our gifts and our purpose for is to align with the bride of Christ, the local church, and serve our communities through it. I just believe that. I believe that before I was a pastor. I believe it now. I just think that the Bible talks about in in 1 Corinthians, Paul writes about how we're a body and that we need each other and that the body's not just the pastors and the people that work at the church, it's all of us. The church is every single one of us using our unique gifts connected together to serve the one who made us and to bring his message to the world around us. So maybe you are definitely a part of the body. And maybe you're a pinky toe. Well, did you know it's super hard to balance if you're missing one of your toes? We're a little bit off. We need you to get plugged in to the body. Make time to serve. Put it on your counter. And then the third thing is eliminate non-essentials. The third way we master this habit is to eliminate the non-essentials. When we give calendar time to the things that matter, we only, we're going to have to say no to some of the things that don't. It might mean that your kids only play one sport per year or that you have to say no to uh, pursuing a promotion that's going to require a lot of nights and weekends might mean no to one of your shows on Netflix. I know how that can get in the way of relationships. It can. Whatever it is, we might have to strip some things away. Hebrews 12, 1 says, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Did you notice that in the beginning, he said, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that's so easily entangled. See, not everything that you're going to have to get rid of is sin. Not everything in your life that you need to strip away is a sin, but it's keeping you from your purpose. See, sometimes we've got to say no to some good things so that we can pursue the great things. And that may be what this season is going to be like for you. You might have to say no to pursuing that promotion. You might have to say yes to being present with your family more or building relationships with life group. More, Whatever it is, once you know what your race is, what your purpose is, it's not as hard as you think it will be to let go of the things that are not a part of it. Our comfort, our entertainment, even our success is not the goal. Christ is the goal. And so we pursue Him. Fourth thing, and the last thing this morning, is this. We get ourselves aligned with our purpose, but we have to stay aligned with our purpose, which means we've got to regularly take inventory, regularly take inventory. When my car came out of the factory, the wheels were in perfect alignment. It was just, you could just not hold the steering wheel for an hour and that thing would just go straight. But along the way, it hit a few potholes, didn't it? It hit a few potholes. Sometimes it found the curb, if I'm being honest. I I hit the curb, right? Or, Or even just over time, it got worn down, and that alignment got off, and that car started to drift away from where I wanted it to go. You see, all I've got to do when that happens is just take it in and get it realigned. And it goes straight as an arrow again. See, sometimes in our lives... We get aligned with our purpose and we're going the right way and we know what we were created to do and we pursue it, but then we hit some potholes. Or maybe it's our fault. We find the curb a little bit. Or maybe it's just time. Time wears us down and wears us out a little bit and we get a little bit off track. We start to stray. Things that don't matter find their way to the center again. They always will. They'll always fight for it. All you gotta do is take inventory Get back in alignment. You can do it. It's it's not too late. You don't have to sit around, woe is me, thinking about all the reasons you got out of alignment. God God doesn't care about that. He doesn't care about your past. He's fixated on your future. He wants to make your purpose right there front and center for you so that you can pursue Him and the reason that He put you here. To glorify Him and to serve others. To make Him famous and to make other people more aware of him, move them closer to him. That's what you're here for in your own special way, in a way that only you can do it. You've got a purpose that is uniquely yours. Nobody else has ever had it, ever will again. It's right there. And God's dream for you is that you would just be able to keep it aligned with the center of your life, to go after it, to pursue it, to throw off everything that hinders and run the race set out for you. And when we do that, something special happens inside of us. We get this peace. A lot of us, we just spend so much of our lives pursuing meaning and satisfaction. And we buy all these things and we keep checking off these life goals because we're trying to get to a place of comfort and happiness. And It's what we want. It's the human pursuit. The human condition is to try to find happiness. Do whatever brings you joy. Do whatever makes you happy. But, The problem is that we find that the things that bring us joy right now won't bring us joy tomorrow if they're not the right things. So there's only one thing that's gonna satisfy your soul the way that you have been longing for, and it's living in the purpose God made you with, pursuing it the way he made you to, using the gifts he gave you to honor him. That's what you were made to do. In the Jewish tradition, they have this feast every year called the Passover feast, the Passover Seder. And in that feast, they drink four cups of wine. Sounds like a good tradition, doesn't it? And in the, those cups of wine have great significance. The first cup, represents the pro- they all represent the promises that God made with his people, that God reiterated over and over again through scripture. And it starts in Exodus chapter six. And God said in the first cup was just the cup of, of, of the ability to know God, where God brought them out of Egypt so they could be His people again. And then the second cup, that's the cup of freedom, the cup of sanctification. Because even sometimes when we get out of Egypt, we've still got a little bit of Egypt left in us, don't we? Sometimes we, we get freedom from slavery, but we still live in a slavery mindset. We still allow ourselves to serve the things of this world and the things that don't matter. And God's mission, His goal, in Isaiah 61, it reiterates, He says, I came to set the captives free, to bind up the brokenhearted that you might have freedom. And that's what He came to do. And that second cup represents the freedom God came to give us. And then that third cup is the cup of redemption. See, redemption, to be redeemed, means to be put back to your original intention God had a dream for you the moment you were created it's your original intention it's what you were put on this earth to do and God wants to redeem you from wherever you're at right now and put you back in the place He made you to be and you can drink from the cup of redemption and know that you're serving in your purpose and you're aligned with it and you're going the right way and once you do that you get to the last cup the last cup's the cup of halal, the cup of praise. And the word that they use there for praise doesn't just mean like praise, like lifting my hands up and singing. It means completion. Like everything inside of me suddenly feels satisfied in a way I didn't know I could. I hope you've experienced that before. I hope you've I hope you've done something. Maybe you served in a way you did something for somebody you used your gifts in a way that didn't serve you at all but only served somebody else and you got a piece of it you just felt inside of you that deep satisfaction that meaning that purpose the cup of praise see god wants us to drink from the cup of praise over and over again constantly consistently it's the way he made you to live you are you are created to live with the kind of satisfaction that only can come from a creator and it happens when we align our lives with our purpose and we just keep doing things the way we were made to and when things try to get in the way we get rid of them we bat them out of the way we keep our lives aligned with our purpose pursuing him going after him serving others and making sure that nothing stops us and when we do it when we get to that place we'll live in the cup of praise his dream for you doesn't mean life's not going to get hard that you're not going to have seasons where you your ceiling falls in and the water rains in through the roof it's going to happen but we can praise god through it when we're aligned with our purpose we're going to make it a habit to get aligned with our purpose this year let's pray heavenly father i thank you so much for who you are and what you've chosen to do in me god For the way you've gifted me and called me, gave me a reason to be here on this earth, Lord. I thank you for the meaning that you give me that only comes from you, God. I thank you that you would choose me. That the God of creation, the one who created everything, would actually have a dream and a plan in mind even for me. God, I praise you. I praise your holy name. I lift you up. And God, I pray for every person in this room. God I lift up everyone in this room who hasn't yet discovered that purpose who is still asking why and still wondering what they're here for that God that Lord they would just hear your spirit say I've had it ready for you the whole time it's been right here the father you would show them give them a glimpse of the glory you have prepared for them God I pray for every person living in their purpose That Lord you would just give them clarity a vision to see the race set before them, to throw off everything that entangles, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles that, God, they would keep their life aligned. Father, for all of us, I just, Lord, I just ask for the cup of praise to be poured out on us, God, that we would know the joy of serving You in our purpose. We love You. We worship You. We give this time to You. In Jesus' name, amen.